This is holding down the fort. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Holding Down the Fort. Today, we are holding it down with Troy Banks. Troy, welcome to the show, baby. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You got it, man. Now, uh, we're going to jump right into uh, Troy's path through baseball. He started off off the road here at NCCC with us. Um, but going all the way back to high school, you said that, uh, you know, you've had some great coaches along the way, played with some great guys. So give us a, uh, an idea of what baseball's looked like up to this point. Oh, man. So I went to Orange Park High School, a uh, good little public school in the Buffalo, New York area. And then I always thought I was going to go play high-level D1. You know, everybody thinks that. It's a dream. Then reality sets in. You're like, oh, I might have to go Juco. So I ended up down the street at Niagara County Community College. And honestly, that was probably where it all changed for me. Uh, Clinger Smith, Samaki, George Halim, those guys really set it in my head that you need to work for what you want. And I ended up doing just that, getting a full-ride scholarship to Mercyhurst, Division Two. And my uh, past year, I got uh, first-team all-conference, so that was awesome. You said an uh, 11 bombs in the four-hole, right? In the four-hole, yeah, smallest guy I've seen. <laughs> that, that was pretty cool. And then I ended up playing professional baseball, so that has been a blessing thus far. That's huge. So uh, Trenton Thunder, right? Take yeah. us a little bit through the uh, the experience down there with them. Um, from your meals clubhouse situation to you know what it's like being in the in the spotlight every day. So first off, I just want to say I, I still got to play professionally. Uh playing for the Trenton Thunder though, that was the team I really did want to play for, you know. So to have that happen was just a dream come true. I really uh wasn't really sure what to expect coming in there, but uh they really just throw you on a field. Put 6,000 people in front of you and tell you, uh, we'll figure it out. So it's it's really awesome. Well, Pro Bowl, uh, we've kind of been talking a little bit on the side. You know, it can be its own animal when it comes to moving up, moving down, being scared, playing the right way, being worried about the right things, you know, off of the field. Yeah. Um, did you find that, you know, jumping into it like that, you had a lot of a lot of good guys around you kind of helped you out? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But you really have to take it upon yourself and you lives and eat well. I know it's tough on the road and things like that. You know, go get a donut. Uh, you really got to stay in shape because whenever your name is called, you better do your job or else you're out of there. It is a, a cutthroat world, world. And I, I'll go back to uh, Jonah Hill and, and uh, Brett sitting together talking uh, about, hey, you don't need to sugarcoat it. These guys don't want to be treated like babies. Nobody wants to be traded, but it happens, and they, you got to go in there and you got to you got to send them on their way. So, uh, what are you up to? Welcome to the uh, the building uh, again for the first time in a, a few years. Um, you know, you're in the area, and what are we up to? Man, I just got back. I have been working out back in Mercyhurst, staying in shape with those guys. Um, they have a really awesome facility there, brand new million dollar turf facility. So it's real cool getting my work in there. Uh, getting ready to go up to Canada, playing for the Hamilton Cardinals this year under George Lane. He's the GM. He's doing a lot of great things over there. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm seeing old friends and uh, just touching base by roost because there's no place like home. That's right, man. That is absolutely right. And George was a huge guy to bring up because you said you're the current Tiger Scout. He's got big ties and lots of organization. Bringing some of our, our old uh, Diamondbacks and draft picks who are, are not playing anymore. We're really going to be on a, a stacked team, if you will, up there in Hamilton. Would you agree? I would agree. 
He's got a few of his former draft picks playing for us. Uh, a couple guys that actually played, I think, Triple A coming down to play for us. Me, I play, I'm still playing professionally, but uh, we're gonna take the league by storm, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, with George at the at the top, um, who's who's coaching? Who's in the dugout with you guys? Have you met any of those dudes yet? That's an awesome questions because I have not. Oh, so right. I'm actually heading out there tomorrow, and that's how I'm gonna meet everybody. And Thursday's game one. Like we said, folks, we're thrown right back into it, right? He's going out there, and you're just going to get after it, right? You go to your position, you put your glove on, you put your batting gloves on, you play ball, right? And the, the work that we do here off of the field, right, it allows you to go out there and just trust, right? you got to get out there, and when you do get thrown in front of a bunch of fans, we got to be able to perform. Now, perform, that kind of sounds scary, but trust your training, trust the work that you put in, be there for every pitch of the game. That's not as scary, and that's something that we can do. You feel like you just you're locked into everything now, and uh, that's and a great way to put it. Once you are playing for six thousand people, you're gonna find out who you truly are. <laughs> uh, there's not much that can explain what that's like, but the feeling is does never goes away. So it's awesome. Uh, one thing that I think is important when you get something like that is to not to just realize it's just a baseball game. You know what I mean? Don't think it's life or death. Life or death is the guys that are fighting overseas doing that kind of thing. So once you realize you're blessed enough to play baseball in front of a ton of people that are there to enjoy you, that's why you're there to Yeah, and I th- I go back to even a, a point that Shaq made. I don't know how recent it was, but his dad took him after one of his first bad games when he was a rookie. He said, man, I'm terrible. I'll never really mount to anything. And he took him uh, somewhere where there was a, a homeless family. And he pointed out to the guy and said, hey, you know, he's trying to figure out what he's going to do in order to feed his kids tomorrow. Yeah. And that's pressure, right? You don't have pressure in Orlando playing basketball. You see pressure here on the streets, changing for life. So the pressure, right, being in a foxhole overseas, it's not, not a thing to those guys, right? They're trained to be there. They know that their life is on the line. It's real easy to perform, right? Or it's real easy to forget how to perform when you're thrown into these situations. Remembering it's just a game. Try to put that really well, man. That's that's absolutely awesome. So let's go uh let's go ahead into uh some of the other personal things that you've done. Let's uh let's go training. You're starting to coach some kids on the side too. Is that here in Buffalo? Where are you doing that stuff? Yeah, so it actually started in Buffalo and I made my way out to California, did a few stuff in the Bay Area, uh made some really awesome connections and realized that it is a passion of mine. And what I'm trying to do now is kind of do the uh internet stuff kind of do the virtual training things like that i like to work on uh mindfulness you know what i mean Eat because that i feel is the most important thing that you can do as a baseball player mindful and uh if you're not taking care of what's between your ears then what's outside of it's not going to do that well so i'm, I'm looking to do some, some of that stuff you know? that's awesome and i think a big thing that you just said is the connections you made while you're out in california right this is the game is a brotherhood for sure right the the people that you meet along the way you just kind of wow, you can't believe that you run into him 10 years down the road. And it always seems to be like, man, that guy really knew, knew baseball. He just left a good impression on me. Those are the guys who always end up staying in the game. So baseball's taken really good care of us so far. We've put a lot into the game. There's no doubt that we kind of stay in the game and keep going. Do you think uh, we find you in the dugout coaching after this, or are you looking to get into the game in a different way? It's a great question. I'm still kind of uh, debating that answer is... I'm going to play till I can't play anymore and somebody tells me I got to be done. But uh, after that, I'm sure you can find me still in a dugout spin seats. And, uh, of course. 
Well, like, and it's a full circle thing, right? Like you having the opportunity to play some awesome teammates as you grew up, right? You're a really good part of a, let's say a five year, you know, window here in, in Western New York where we had some unreal talent. Um, you don't get there by yourself, right? You don't get there without help from other kids' dads, from coaches, from moms, from all of these people, right? Like, let's talk about some of the people who made a lasting impression on you, and they probably are the reason you want to stay in the game, right? Yeah, that's actually great. Um, in high school, I had a fortune of playing behind Bubba Hollins. Wow, um, yeah, yes, sir. So I had Griffin Conine on for the first episode. He's Miami Marlins prospect. His dad is Jeff. He's a 14-year big league all-star. And Griffin said that Bubba Hollins was his teammate in Pensacola last year, was the reason that he went to see Teacher Man in St. Louis this offseason. And Bubba called him from St. Louis and said, dude, you have to get up here and, and work on some swing stuff. Oh, no. so. Man, we could be talking about this forever. One, Teacher Man, I've been really following his stuff. Yeah. I'll talk about that in a few, but... Pretty darn good, huh? <laughs> so that actually changed my swing. Sorry to go off on a tangent, but uh, the whole idea of really just launching instead of going is yep. and i i watched one of your videos just the yeah. past couple of days about about you're a diver you're a diver you're a diver right and how this simple easy thing can just keep you from really doing that right and if you find yourself not in that position as much you're going to foul off pitches that are that are too close to take you're going to be on time and you're going to be getting some bad balls on the ride right <laughs> and he said he said there were there were about a hundred professional guys there with him at the time that he went and he went for three days left and he talks to him every day, you know, sends him videos and stuff like that. So he is helping a lot of guys in the game, whether your dad likes it or not. He is that <laughs> I mean, Aaron Judge, that's the best guess. Crazy guy. Yep. He, he just broke the home run record. So why wouldn't you try to follow something that he's doing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But uh, so, uh, back to Bubba. See, he was a the most level-headed guy I think I've played with still to this day. And he just had a big league mentality as a senior in high school. So to be a freshman, I got pulled up and I was back up. Uh, he just took me in and we really just fed off each other. And I was just this young guy. He really showed me how things go on and off the field. But uh, another guy, but I got to uh, Mercier's, another guy, Josh Sherwick from the Williamsville area. We actually, funny story, uh, he played first base in Mercer, so I played second. And uh, our senior year, our first game of the year, we started on the ball against each other. What's your part first one in the Wow. Now I'm a second baseman, so. How did that, how did that, that turn out? Because I know he used to sling it back in the day. Too. I let off the game with a triple. Yeah. They ended up us. Nice, nice. They were always a force to be reckoned with. Mr. Zerat up there with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they uh the, we've got some some beef in the building between LG Castillo and those little North boys because uh someone didn't catch the ball at second base and someone stole and it is a big thing. <laughs> so we're not getting too far down a high school rabbit hole. Um let's go back into you know pro ball teacher man stuff, right? We were just saying that you know Griffin Conine he hit 34 home runs in the minors last year. Um, you know, well, felt like he left the season and needed to work on something. He had never had anybody besides his dad before. He said dad was always, you know, he was more of a 90s, early 2000s hitter before the big steroid guys came on. He was a base knock guy. He was a, you know, he was really more on the mental side, helping him out rather than being able to physically give him stuff. So all of a sudden he gets there off the best season he's ever had. And he's like, hey, I've got to fly to St. Louis and meet this guy. Something about him 
tells me I got to go up there. And it's a teammate, right? Our teammates are there. All these other big league guys are there in the offseason. What do you feel like? What do you what, what kind of secret sauce does he have going on up there? Is it not a sauce, just hard work? Talking about teacher man, right? Yeah. Okay. So my guy, teacher man, I stumbled across one of his videos at the new movie last year after my season at first years. I, okay, I so never already already crossed in So yeah. So a lot of you guys out there here don't move your head. And your coach says that, but he doesn't explain how to not move your head. Keep your head still. Uh, teacher man does that. So the whole point of what he does is to create a stretch instead of a momentum-based swing. If you're swinging with momentum, you're not really swinging that well. We're kind of hoping that we've run into it along the way. Run into it. Rather than defend, I like, I, big thing that we say here is I like to defend a wall or a gate that the ball has to get to or through in order for you to be there with. Absolutely. And I heard you say the phone booth, right? Good swings happen in the phone booth. Well, that swing, right? We talk about the hitting window a lot being between your feet, right? You have a really good swing from your back foot to your front foot. And if you're not there with your back foot, it's a little too, you're a little too late probably on the catch with glove. And if you're there before the ball gets to your front foot, the wind's out of our seat. And all of a sudden we're kind of like, oh, we're a good hitter. And our hand-eye coordination is good. We work on this stuff all the time. So we still run into the ball. And that's the problem. We hit it fair. It bounces twice to the shortstop. And he throws it up. That's why we put him there. He's the best infielder. And we're counting on you to be that early. And that's all we need as pitchers. And as a guy who played outside of his level, I was not, I did not belong at the division one level. I counted on hitters getting themselves out because I couldn't beat them. If you made me beat you, you were going to walk and you were going to hit a ball hard. And that's all we're trying to get our hitters to do. If you don't beat yourself by getting in bad positions, you're going to defend the plate well, which means you're going to follow off pitches that are too close to take. You're going to, you're going to swing at good pitches to hit. And we're going to take bullshit swings, right? We're going to take those and we're going to turn them into foul balls. Because we don't want to hit those fair. Troy, you back that up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's, that's a good little tidbit, and this is the only thing I'm going to give the pitchers in the podcast. But yes, hitters will get themselves out most of the time. You would you'd be surprised how many meatballs I've seen I've grounded out of the shortstop, but nobody knows that it was a meatball because I got out, and that's just how it is. But uh, and I think you know I think really the big thing is it goes back to you're saying almost coaching. Your coach tells you not to move your head. From the well, let's make this very clear, everybody. From the third base coach's box or the dugout, the coach really doesn't have any idea whether it's inside or outside. Do you square up the catcher? Sure. Where's the catcher side? Well, I can't really tell you. Right? I don't have a good view of that. So as you get coached from the third base coach's box, make sure you have some air. Let some things pass through. Because when you take a swing and you plan on hitting the ball and you don't run into the ball, but you took a good swing, your head follows the rest of you. It can't stop. So you didn't pull your head. You missed the ball. Trying to keep your head on the ball in the middle of a game with two strikes now because we just took a swing, right, is not a good coaching team to help us out, right? Hey, these grabs on. You got to protect the two, right? Give them something that lets them go be a dog, and then talk to them in practice about some of the things they have to work on, right? Like, let's separate the work and the play. 
that's so great points that you bring up there. Uh, one, the micromanaging just doesn't work. A lot of coaches and parents even, they like to really howl down on their kids and put them in a box. And your kid will not play as well as he can in a box. If you give him a leash, and, and it's not going to be as good as if you let him roam free. Um, so obviously, that's that's it's the baseball's the game of failure, right? Like you correcting every failure doesn't allow us to grow, right? You spend time with me, you spend time with Troy, you spend time with Nate, shout out Nate, right? You spend time with coaches. Anyway, there are great coaches in the area with great information, unbelievable facilities, really high quality information to give your kids. And we're going to smother it as these coaches are giving it to them that you're paying for by saying, oh, that one's not good enough. Hey, get in there and swing hard. Hey, there's no reason to say anything. You get in here and hit. And we've humbled some dads real quick off the machine, off a regular VP. But hey, it's really not as easy here when you're on this side of the fence barking those orders in there. Absolutely. I think there's a little paradox that baseball has uh, being results-driven. I think that us as coaches, players, parents need to be more uh, kind of process-driven rather than results-driven because if you're worried about giving a hit rather than hitting a ball hard, you're going to be happy with your day over the shortstop rather than laser beam at the pitcher. You know what I mean? So... If we just become more process-driven, I promise the results will come. But also with coaches, if you are just worried about results, 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 you're you might win one tournament, but you're not going to win them all. If you're worried about the if you're worried about the process, you might win the last three. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely, it's a uh, long game. Kyle Wagner, who coached the Redland Little League, um, they were the the team that lost to Japan in the finals, probably like 2013 or so. And then district team from his little town in Pennsylvania, Benny Montgomery, first rounder last year, is on the team. Cole and Luke Wagner, who are both in Georgia. Um, Jack Polowinski, who is at Penn State. Just these dudes from the same town, but a couple of good coaches who came up with a, they were a great book called How the River Cats Won. And it's all about the long game, all about feeding into these kids and their future in the game. And they have, he's a teacher man guy, they, they worked a lot with Rich back when he was just in Pennsylvania, kind of getting started off. And it was about the work that goes into the game, right? These kids would show up every day. These kids would show up and they'd practice baseball all the time. Sure, some parents would go, hey, that's crazy. You know, well, guess what? The Japanese schedule looks real similar to theirs. And they had a nice two-one battle, right? They're driving home on their bus, right? And they're from Redland Park, so they're not far from where Williamsport is. And Cole Wagner just did his senior speech last year at their high school talking about how they were about 10 miles from home where they started to realize they hadn't lost. And this is a 12-year-old kid that we're putting into his head, right? That they're going home, losing the college or the, the Little League World Series, right, to another another team from another country. They're letting down the whole state. They're letting down the whole country. They're letting down everybody, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, they haven't lost. 10 miles away from their hometown, there's two fire trucks parked. And everywhere down the line, there's parents, there's people from the town. Everybody is just lined up, welcoming them home from having such a good run, from being something so much greater than a little new team for the town in Pennsylvania that they're from, but representing their, their whole country on a huge stage. You hear 12-year-old kids kind of go through this and say, like, we realized that we hadn't lost at that point. 
you put so much weight on your shoulders when you're a kid about how the results of the game go, about how, how it turned out. Well, that ride home, those guys got to understand something that I think a lot of us never really, really get. That's that giving chills because they trust in the process. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, something that I personally do that might be a benefit to somebody out there is just do a little bit every single day. I don't know about you, but I'm a professional. If I, if I clean my room, I'm going to have to clean it speaking Spanish. So it sometimes makes me not clean my room because you know what you're in for. Okay. So what I do is I do, I make myself do 30 push-ups. I don't do the hundred because guess what? I might do a hundred on Monday. And I might say, I might do a hundred on Tuesday too. But then on Wednesday, I might be like, eh, I'm not going to do a hundred. So I could do 30 every day. And by the end of the year, I will have done so many push-ups for the next good. If you're trying to shoot for the hundred, right? It's understanding ourselves and like, I mean, is it right? Consistency. Welcome back. We are holding down the fort with Troy Banks. About to hit some rapid fire questions. Troy, if I stole your phone right now and plugged it into the aux cord, what song would come out? You would hear Run to You by Brian Adams, an 80s song. Now, is 80s rock a true representation of, of you at heart, or is Brian Adams something that we've recently started dabbling in? I think that's a true representation of who I am, man. I was raised on the 80s rock and never looked back. You got a you got a good dad on you right there. Right? That's, that's a good dad. <laughs> you get in the car, you hear the radio. That's that's what's up. Um, second question: If you had to think of a time in your life where you had to you had to fake it until you make it, right, or until you made it, what kind of situation was that? You said you've always kind of been the little guy. So give us a time where you were like, man, I I don't know about this, and really went out there and crushed it. So this is actually kind of a uh, different little answer here. I had to do door-to-door -door sales for the past few months. So wow. that's, I had to fake, I had to fake it for sure. Uh, one, that I enjoyed being there, and two, that I enjoyed the product. So, <laughs> you know how that goes. Do you mind uh, what were you selling? I was actually selling pest control. So wow. we, I would knock door-to-door, -door, cold, coldly, and uh, say, hey, you want to buy the pest control? Obviously, there's a little more to it, but think about how... No. <laughs> there was a lot of that. A lot of the time, right? Yeah, but now it's baseball season, so we're, we're back to it, you know? Well, listen, man, and, like, we've gotten into Cole Dunsing, who's one of the uh, minor league uh, player association representatives, was on for one of our shows, and just the, the living wages of minor league baseball players, we know it's not good out there. We know that it's, uh, it's an absolute grind, and God bless the moms and dads who support us, the grandmas, the step-parents, the sisters, anybody who helps those minor leaguers keep that dream alive for a little bit longer because when Bernard played 10 years in the minor leagues, he was a teammate of mine in Niagara. He's in the show this past year for the Rockies. The greatest video that you will see wow. in 2022 is him calling his mom and listening to uh, his mama cry when he says, mama, I'm going to the major leagues. So. Yeah. You have to send that to me. Yeah, that is, uh, it's, it's special. And he, uh, you know, he's just one of the, the many examples, right? I think it was um, a, a Pittsburgh Pirates guy who just recently got his yeah, first I saw that. The dugout's going crazy because those dudes all know Yeah, that one at bat. That's all you need, man, right? The, the oh, yeah. major league pension that you get, right? The automatic boost in your salary. You're set for life if you, if you go out there and you get that one at bat. So sorry to, to go off on the tangent yeah. there of uh, uh, during rapid fire, but absolutely, you had to fake it until you made it would be uh, the pest control. Yeah, and hopefully you, uh, you made you, some sales along the way. You got to do what you got to do because you got to play ball in the summer. That's it. So, you got to stay alive for, for the season. So. Um, if you were going to pick one celebrity or anybody in the world who you could, could choose to come watch you play this weekend for your first game, 
Who are you picking and why are you picking them? Wow, that's a great question. I'm going to have to say Derek Jeter. Wow, He's the big Yankees fan? Big Yankees fan, born and raised. It was That, that was why I was special playing for the Trenton Thunder. I used to be the Yankees affiliate. Yeah. Uh, seeing Jeter, I was actually playing shortstop where Jeter played shortstop, and looking up and seeing his name up on the top was pretty ridiculous. So that was something I got to do. I am in the same dirt as Derek Jeter used to go. Same Dude, and that's that's an idol, right? Like I know. Uh, so Allen Iverson discussing the first time he saw Michael Jordan was like, man, Every- Jordan, the aura. I've never looked at a person and felt like they're not real before, exactly. right? That's that's Darren Jeter. So that's that's awesome. Man. Yeah. He was uh while he was playing bigger than baseball, right? Yes. Well, cool. We'll wrap it up. Uh, one more thing. So any kind of uh, advice that you have. <clears throat> For the young boys and girls out there who listen, like you said, you're getting into coaching, or you're going to give you just, I always like to think, I heard Chris Archer say one time, rather than go to a camp and give kids 10 things to remember, send them out with one thing that they can really hang on to. What's one thing that you'd send everybody on the road with? One thing I would send everybody on the road with is stay true to yourself. You know who you are. And if you don't love the game, the game's going to get rid of you. And you have to find something else. But if you truly do love it, you're going to get what you deserve in this game and you're going to get what you deserve in life. So just stay true to yourself. That's all you can do. Folks, we got to end it right there. You stay true to yourselves out there. Troy, thank you for holding down the floor with us. Thank you for listening to Holding Down the Fort. This is Jimbo Fort reminding you to hold it down. Be on the lookout for our new merch. Anybody who has any questions for the show or for our guests on the show, please email us at holdingdownthefortpod at gmail.com. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube for all the latest updates and to hold it with us. Thank you again. We look forward to having you back for the next episode.